Welcome to The Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be the person you are. This interview-style podcast invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It's our desire that you will see parts of your story and those around you in the interviews that you hear. Hello, and welcome to The Burnout Educator. I'm Ryan Savage, The Burnout Educator, and this is our co-host, Olivia. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. It's good to see you today, Mm -hmm. Olivia. So excited. And we have a special guest today. Stephanie Graham is a paraprofessional in Nixa Public Schools, and she has the opportunity to serve in Olivia's classroom from time to time. Yes. Actually, this is the first year that Stephanie and I have worked together, and it's been pretty great. Yes, well, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, paraprofessionals are one that I um, I was just like, who who do I ask to come? And I'm so grateful for you mm-hmm. to be here today, quite honestly. It's a job that is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. and one that I never served in as the role. I did as a, as a substitute, but not as a, um, I was never hired as a paraprofessional. Um, but one that over my, the decade that I was in public schools is one that feels like, potentially one of the most thankless jobs mm-hmm. and one that can be just so incredibly challenging um, from a student perspective, but also from a um, from an adult perspective and being bounced around from place to place. And I'm, I'm just super excited about this conversation. So thank you so much for coming today, Stephanie. No problem. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I'd like to just kind of jump in Please. background information. Yes. I just feel the need to say like, I know Stephanie and I know little bits of pieces of stories. And I feel like that's a lot of what we um, do on the sideline in the classroom is like, I'm just learning more and more about you. Mm -hmm. And it's very exciting to me um, to build that relationship. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, if we get her here for an interview, like not only will it be an amazing interview and I can learn more, just we can share and learn about you, Stephanie. But also Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm, I can know more about you, yes. like in every level. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stephanie, I would love if you feel free to just like kind of tell us about how you got into the position mm-hmm. that you are currently in. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So my husband's a teacher. Okay. And we lived up in the northern part of Missouri, in Hannibal, Missouri. Uh-huh. And he... He, we, we've been down here and we visited and we loved it. And he's like, I've, I've got to move to Nixa because he does student teaching in Nixa. Okay. And so he's like, oh, I just love it. We have to live down here. And so we had vacationed and we loved the area as well. Sure. And um, like <laughs> I've spoken with Libby before where we lived, I really wasn't a very, I don't want to talk bad about Hannibal, but it's just <laughs> not the type of town I want to live in. Yeah. And so anyway, so he, he applied down in Nixa about... 15 years ago. Okay. And it was when the High Point Elementary had mm-hmm. were, was building and they were getting ready to mm-hmm. open it up. Mm-hmm. So he applied for the PE position. It was interesting. There was like, I think you he heard, he heard there was like 2,000 applicants for the wow. job. Wow. Yeah. Because everybody at that time, well, I think even now, but everybody at the time really wanted to work in Nixa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but he had got the job, but it was, so that was amazing. But where I was at was where we were in Hannibal, I was mm-hmm. actually a women's dorm director. So okay. there's a Christian college up there, and I was one of the, as they called the moms. So I like lived sure. in an apartment that was in the dormitory, mm-hmm. and so, um, which was great. I loved it. I did it for five years, but during mm-hmm. that time, we had two little ones. Yeah. So I had a, my oldest at the time I think was six, and then my, and then I had my son, and he was three. And mm-hmm. so they were like, your kids are kind of getting a little bit older. Maybe you should think about another job. <laughs> so <laughs> just pushing you out kindly. Yeah, because what was funny was um, my my kids were very social. And so uh-huh. they would just walk mm-hmm. around the dormitories. Uh-huh. And the, I mean, the girls were, were cool with it. But, you know. Um, it's also college. And I don't know if I should share this, but I mean, we had a situation happen where, you know, little boys that like to like go naked. And so, yeah, yes. Oh yeah. And so we are, sometimes our front door and our apartment didn't latch all the way. Uh-huh. And so he decided to just walk out into the lobby, like buck naked. Oh, man. And everyone was just one like, time, only one time. I was like, yeah, only one my, time. My kids would have, <laughs> I was going to say, like yes. we say little boys like to go naked. I think everybody, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, but <laughs> <laughs> so in 
but it was so embarrassing. And the kids were like, oh my. And so I'm like yeah. apologizing all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm backpilling. But so anyway, so he got the job down here and we moved down here and I had no job whatsoever. Okay. I actually have a degree in graphic design. So, mm-hmm. um, which I know Livy and I've talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I wasn't really using it, which is another totally different story, but um, I wasn't using it. And so I was like, okay, well, it's been like seven years and I'm so behind in the terminology and the technology and all that they're using. Yeah, this would have been early 2000s, uh, mid 2000s, maybe. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we, I, I lose like track of time. Sure. Yes. Yeah, but iPhones coming out, technology changing very fast. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I forget the year we went down here. But anyway, so um, I was like, well, I'm not even going to find a job. And But, you know, we were like, well, the Lord will provide. We're not going to worry about it. Sure. So anyway, but it was funny was my husband was trying to get me a job and I worse than I was. <laughs> and he's like, you should be a, a paraprofessional. And I was like, what is that? And uh-huh. he's like, well, you go in and you work with um, kids who are special ed. Now, granted, when I was in school, mm-hmm. kids with that had special ed went to a totally different school. So mm-hmm. I wasn't used to that environment. And sure. I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, kids that just have learning disabilities. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And of course, Nixa does not do this now, but he actually went into the special ed department and talked to the head lady for me without my permission <laughs> and said, said, hey, um, my wife would be really good at this job. Maybe we should, would you think you would hire her? Wow. And so she called me up and said, hey, your husband talked to me <laughs> wow. and said, well, you'd like to come in. And so I went in and it was just me and her mm-hmm. in a normal, like, quick interview and she was going she's like okay sure um this is what you would do you would sit and you'd work with kids one-on-one and you'd help them learn and i was like well that doesn't sound too hard and then she's like and we start at seven in the morning (laughs) now for people who know me i do not do well in the morning well especially two little ones it's not Right. It's one thing to roll out. I have on your never own. I have never been a morning person sure. and I'm still not a morning person. And <laughs> just compounds the challenge. Yeah. Yes. And, and my immediate quick thought was, what? I don't know if I want this job. Because it was <laughs> in the morning. And I was like, seven in the morning. I'm not gonna do well on that. So um, but I was I was desperate for a job. So I was like, okay. I'll I love that she told you all about what you were doing. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I could do that. I could do that. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. And seven in the morning, no. <laughs> I didn't say no, but I was really quick to say it. But I was like, no, this, I got to take this job. So I was like, okay. And I, I don't know if she noticed the hesitance in my voice, uh-huh. but I was like, okay. And so she was like, great. You know, and when back then when Nick, so Nick, so I think we had like, like an eighth grade class was like 220. So it was a much smaller wow. district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now like when paras are hired or they interview, there's like six people in the room. For me, it was just me and this lady, but she, she's been retired for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's kind of how I got into education. And wow. it, but it was, it was opening because mm-hmm. I actually started at the high school and sure. um, I worked with kids that did have learning disabilities but i worked with those who were like physically okay handicapped and it was really hard for me to adjust because like i said you know we didn't have kids like that sure. in school so i wasn't used to being around them you hadn't had much exposure at that point. right so i was like do i treat them differently do i sure. talk to them differently so that mm-hmm. was a learning experience for me because i was like trying to learn how to help them and not be awkward around it you know what right I mean? mm-hmm. so it, it took me like two years to get used to it that's wow. really cool um, to hear about that. One of the things that stuck out with me is the idea of like your husband introducing you to like paraeducator and like, what is that? And even as a teacher and going into school, like I knew what a para was mostly because mm-hmm. my mom would sub and like, I'd be like, oh yeah, my mom's going to be a para, but I never paid attention to it in my own schooling. Mm-hmm. And then sure. having a para in class, like I'm still learning half of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you starting with saying it might be one of the most thankless jobs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And some people like still don't even know what that means. Yeah. And mm-hmm. paraprofessionals are so supportive of mm-hmm. the school process. I mean, it's just, it's just this place that is consistently understaffed and they can just be so supportive, especially from the standpoint of, you know, the, the paraprofessionals 
that have the opportunity to build strong relationships with their students. Mm, and that's important too. Can yeah. just revolutionize the experience for classroom teachers, for that kid, mm -hmm. for themselves, for classroom experience. It, mm -hmm. it really goes so far. Mm -hmm. You know, and to speak to that, I mean, it's not just the relationship they build with their specific kids. I mean, true. you know, true. Stephanie was in my class the other day and one of some kids from my third hour who she also has in a different class um, come in and they're like, oh, Miss Graham Cracker, oh, Miss, you know, <laughs> and saying all these things, like all these nicknames that they've created. And it's it's clearly out of a space of of love and mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes out of, you know, they're talking way too much in class, but still the fact that Stephanie has built this relationship, yeah. not just with her own students, but with every single student that's in that classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like something to me that I, I notice within you and the way that you are a para. It's not like, oh, well, I have this other adult in my classroom who's only going to help this singular kid. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's I have this yeah. other adult in my classroom who I feel that I can legit depend on. And also will like be better than me in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. And that's beautiful that I can say, Hey, Stephanie, you can do this and no more than me. Like, could you like, tell me if you see something that I could do better, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and my, but my previous job in the college, I mean, that was part of being a dorm mom. You have to make connections and relationships. So when I started as a para, which actually when I started was before they integrated sped kids into the regular ed classroom. Okay. There was just special ed classrooms. And I started and I was like, this job's kind of boring. <laughs> because, you know, I was in one classroom yeah. all day long. Yeah. And then, then they are like, oh. And then it was the second year. They're like, the Missouri started in integrating the, um, mm -hmm. I forgot what, the, what it's called. But anyway, so they were like moving Least all Least restrictive the environment maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But it was, it was mm -hmm. more of like all these learning disability kids went into regular class and then you yeah. started modifying their assignments, right. mm -hmm. which obviously was more work for me. But then I started enjoying my job because yeah. I was starting to have more conversations with more than just normal kids. But we, I also work with kids who are kind of embarrassed about their disability yeah. mm -hmm. and they are popular. And so I think if they see you um, creating bonds and relationships with kids that do not have learning disabilities, right. then they're like, oh, well, maybe it's not, maybe she's kind of cool, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh -huh. you know, I know that we have one student who um, beginning of the year, he, he didn't really want anything to do with me mm -hmm. and he didn't want to leave for tests. He didn't want me to help him. And then all of a sudden, you know, it clicks and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I want her to help me, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, oh, I see it. And, you know, I see how I'm, I'm, I'm creating that bond. And so that's really cool because then it's like all of a sudden they see, okay, it's not just a job for her. She actually likes me and she wants to. She's cool and, you know, she can mm -hmm. help me more than I think that she wants. She's just not doing it because she wants a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about the... I'm curious about a lot of things, but I'm going to focus it on one thing at the moment. So yeah, being in a middle school and mm -hmm. having kiddos that are coming into adolescence and really becoming pretty hypervigilant on what other people think, what mm -hmm. adults think, how do I find and make my way, you know, all of those considerations for kids. The idea of an adult that follows me from class to class mm -hmm. is not something that a lot of students generally are very interested in. Mm -hmm. And so it, what do you feel like are some of the things um, that you do that help kind of break down that barrier and turn it into it's not just an adult following me from class to class? Um, well, I think, first of all, not being overly stern. You have mm -hmm. to joke with them. Mm -hmm. You have to tease them. You have to find things they do funny mm -hmm. where, you know, they do a lot of things that are funny. And sometimes I have to try not to laugh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. And I, which is why sometimes I'm glad I'm not the teacher because I can laugh in the back and to myself, uh -huh. you know, or um, have, I mean, but they know there's a balance, obviously. Yeah. But they understand that, you know, hey, I'm just kind of the, the fun one to be. Not that I'm always fun, but, you know, because <laughs> you, I mean, she knows I'm not always fun. But, <laughs> so, but yeah. you know, just kind of like a different role than a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so a safe one. Yeah. And I and I give them space. I mean, I don't sit there and be like right on them, like, yeah. you gotta do this, you gotta do this, unless I notice they're not on task. Sure. You know. Right. But and also I don't I'm not on them in disciplining. I mean, I'm I help discipline all of them in the mm -hmm. classroom. So and it's interesting sometimes some students will ask me, why are you in all these classes? Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. This year I haven't had anybody ask me that. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Right. It's kind of good because then I'm like trying to come up with an excuse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder too, I probably should know this, but I don't. Um, are you following specific students? Because I know you have like, you go to science multiple times in the day, right? Do you switch yeah. around? Are you always with the same students or do you kind of switch who you follow depending on who the greatest need is for that period? Well, because of the, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to cough in there. I know I'm not supposed to do that. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, I have, okay. So I have like, you have electives. So mm -hmm. there are certain kids that do need a lot more attention, mm -hmm. but when they're an elective and then I can go into another class and help another kid that really is kind of struggling. So like we have a down syndrome boy who's a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than the average student. And so I usually tend to try to be in his classes as much as possible. Okay. Um, and then we have another young lady, which you know about, who's super, super low. And so mm -hmm. she a lot of needs, needs a lot of dry direction. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on what their electives are. But okay. I have a total of seven that need a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Just I have two that need a lot more attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it kind of just bases. And that's, that's not my job to deal my schedule actually that's the teacher that i work with luckily mm -hmm. so they try to figure all that out where's the best need for me one class i have like seven of my kids in there at one time wow, wow. yeah but luckily some of them are pretty higher so i don't really have to give them a lot of attention mm -hmm. only like mainly for testing because you know they have to be pulled out for testing right right, right. and that's when everyone's like holy cow seven kids are getting up to leave and other than that they don't really even really notice sure. right sure because you're in there creating, helping to support a safe space in mm -hmm. like a safe environment for all students, mm -hmm. including the students that you're kind of tasked to help serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I think too is really unique that I enjoyed a lot as an administrator is this opportunity to really facilitate relationship with the like the vast majority of the adults in the school. Mm -hmm. And so paraprofessionals, some of them, not all of them, have the the opportunity to be in lots of teachers' classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so they get a really unique perspective of what a school looks like, feels like, sounds like. Mm -hmm. And some of the only adults they get that get that. Mm -hmm. And as an administrator, I had that opportunity. Um, but as a classroom teacher, I had no idea what was going on in an English classroom right. you know, or, or an art classroom. Um, because I was tasked to take care of the classes that I mm -hmm. had. But um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about that and what's that like for you? I think it's very beneficial because then I see different teaching methods. Mm -hmm. But through all the years I've been at junior high and because I've seen so many different teaching methods, yeah. sometimes I can be a little judgmental. <laughs> Not you. You're fine. <laughs> it's okay if you judge me. Totally yeah. okay. She was so worried that I was going to be judging her during her teaching <laughs> I was just like, oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie knows a lot. <laughs> She's going to be like, what is she doing in this art room? That was her first day. She's like, I feel like you were judging me the whole time. I'm like, no, 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 no. You weren't the one I'm thinking of. But anyway, no, there's, there's been a two or three where I'm just like, well, classroom management is not so good in here. You yeah. know? And I've also learned from them. I've learned what the kids do not like. You know, because mm. the kids, the kids don't tell me. I mean, I guess I feel like I'm a sounding board because they will even talk to me like, I don't like this teacher. She treats me, she treats me like I'm a child. Mm. And and then I'm like, I notice it and I'm like, okay, note to self, don't talk like that to the kid, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it also helps me, which is, which is kind of funny in a way, but, you know, subs that come in, they don't have that opportunity, which would be kind of a great for a sub before they sub. No kidding. To come into yeah. classrooms oh gosh, and see yeah. teaching styles because they don't know how to address students. They mm. immediately come in stern, do what you're supposed to do, and then automatically those barriers go up with the students and they don't like that sub. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I'm just like, oh, this is how you have to approach it. You know, do this, but know that this is the line you don't cross, you know, mm -hmm. and this. So because um, like my – my oldest daughter started subbing and that was one of the questions she asked me. She's like, I don't know how far I should let them go with like talking in class mm -hmm. or this and that. So we've had this conversation saying, you know, this is what I've seen. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was, now that I think about it, I was like, that's a great idea. You know, subs coming in and observing, yeah. you know, instead of just throwing them into the classroom because yes. we have a lot of older subs yes, mm -hmm. that are very, very old school. Uh -huh. And you can't be old school anymore. Yeah. It's they totally are like, I used to teach and this is how we ran the school. Mm -hmm. So now it will still work. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, generations have changed so much. You just can't do that anymore. Right. 
Yeah. And I don't think they had relationships with students the, the same way as they do now, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's some of the things I've observed. I'm just like thinking, oh, this is not the way to go. So sad to say, I tend to kind of jump in and take over whenever there's subs in certain rooms. But yeah, so that's one of our the biggest issues is in the, when you're coming to subbing or you're teaching, it's a totally different environment than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. And I would even say venture to say, too, that um, each environment in each classroom is probably mm. different, right? True. What, yeah. you, know, you get a different group of students together, it's going to feel different. Mm -hmm. And so you may have two classrooms at Nixon Junior High that are completely different. It's all the mix of the kids and who's, <laughs> oh, gosh. who's put in the class with who, who instigates what, and who is. feeds off of what. And, um, well, yeah. and that's where, as a teacher, I feel so supported by the paras that I get the chance to work mm -hmm. with. Um, you know, quite often the art classroom or electives in general are not going to be the space that a para is placed. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel very blessed when there is another adult in that room and it becomes so interesting to see the shift that occurs or like um, when Stephanie needs to test people, like the difference in that day versus the difference in the day when she's there. Yeah. Um, and just the whole environment that you impact and I've had in the past in my experiences, you know, somebody who would sit on the corner on their phone until their individual kid needed help. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, could you, you know, do this? And it's like, yeah. well, that's not my job. Mm -hmm. And the experience of that versus the experience of somebody who, like Stephanie, who's walking in and like, you know, you say, sad to say I take over the classroom when a sub's there. Like my opinion Rock is on. like, please take over my classroom <laughs> when a sub's there. You know what's up, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, every, you have relationships. You yes. know the space. Yeah. Uh -huh. yes. And I think it really does if using my class as an example, if I'm not in there, if I'm gone for some reason and Stephanie's there really taking over and the sub mm -hmm. sits back to me, those kids still have the same type of environment classroom. It's basically as if I was there. Yeah. And so how much safer are they going to feel that day mm -hmm. versus a day of, you know, this sub who they're saying, you know, in the kids where it's like, well, she's like a hundred. And, you know, she doesn't even get me, you know, all of these things. And it's like, yeah, that could have ruined your whole experience of education that day because mm -hmm. maybe your safe space was taken away from you. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of the, just another reason in thinking about, you know, our, our podcasting and our interviews. It's like, oh, we need to, we need to have a paraprofessional. We need to have a paraprofessional that does mm -hmm. and shares and impacts yes. education. Mm -hmm. And I feel that you do that. And that's oh, beautiful. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. From what I've heard from you so far, it's, it's just, it feels so affirming to the work that you're doing and knowing that the students that you work with, yes, the ones that are on your caseload, but then yes, the ones that you get to influence on a day-to-day -day basis are so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with you mm -hmm. because you have just what I'm feeling from you is mm -hmm. this just genuine care and regard for the human, for the person that they are. And mm -hmm. yes, they might be 11 or 14 or whatever, but they, you see them as the person and you recognize that. And it sounds like you do that for the adults too mm -hmm. in the, in the classrooms that you walk in and the way that you're talking about walking into hundreds of classrooms at this point over the time that you've been at Nixa junior high, mm -hmm. um, has given you such a unique perspective on mm. that. Makes me feel old. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't make me feel old. I'm experienced. Let's go with that. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. No, I'm experienced. And, and so I guess for me, it does have the benefits because when like as paraprofessionals, we are evaluated by our teachers every year, mid-year. Mm -hmm. And um, then I'm like, every time I'm like, and I go in there and I'm like, we should do this. We should do this. We should do this. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. The problem is it doesn't really get implemented. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. I don't know. It could be just funds. It could be whatever. But um, I I really do feel like paras should have some kind of training. Because, mm -hmm. yes. because my first experience, my first year, I failed big time. Because mm -hmm. I had no idea what mm -hmm. I was doing. And I was... 
I was standing in the back waiting for the teacher to tell me what to do because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Right. And she's like, can you get the book and over there and just read it with him? So I was being treated like I was a sub, like, mm-hmm. a, like a sub for a para, yeah. which I really, I didn't know. I, I had no idea what I was doing. And so um, I would go in and I would do what I was told. And then, of course, you know, like the principals, they come in and they evaluate the teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, this this principal decided to evaluate me too. And he started write, writing all these things I was doing wrong. Oh, wow. And my immediate thought was, well, that's cool. I'll fix it. But I wish they would have told me that to begin with. Because no, no one told me what I was supposed to be doing. They just right. said, work with students. That's all you're doing. Hmm. And so then whenever we hire new paras yeah. and I see them standing there and feeling very awkward, I go over there and I'm like, hey, just so you know, I understand. I've been there. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Roam around. Let them know that you let them feel you know what you're doing, you know, and that you're mm-hmm. they're you're there and you're a presence to be seen. And so, because I was like just standing in the back, it's not going to help, especially if they're not familiar with you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh, that's a good point. I never thought about that." And so, anyway, so that's kind of things I bring up. I'm like, we need to have yeah some kind of training for paras instead yeah. of just like I mean, unless they've already been a para at another school or something that's totally different, but. What an yeah. asset to that new person. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine how special that would feel? Like, I'm new. I don't really know what I'm doing. I haven't had training for this, but I did get the job, so I think I'm good enough? <laughs> right. Question mark. They say, they say I'm good enough, but do I really? What am I doing again? Right. right. Go to this classroom. You're working with this kid. What am I doing with this kid? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. teaching him. Oh, man, really? How much does he really know? And, and that was the thing, you know? They don't tell you when I first started their ability. So yeah. I'm like sometimes teaching kids stuff and they're looking at me like, what are you? So I'm like, I know. And I was like, oh, because um, I just have it. It was like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Mm. That's another question that I wanted to explore with you is like how much you are told about your students on your caseload. And when you walk into the classroom, you know, even the first day of school that year, if you're, you have this knowledge of, okay, well, this kid needs help with this, this, and has these previous experiences, mm-hmm. or if it's a little bit more like, yeah, help the kid. And it's like, I literally don't even know which kid you're pointing at right now. <laughs> well, they, the IEP does help, but I wasn't given that when I, the first few years of a para. And so the now- The first few years. Yeah. And now they start giving them to me, which has the modifications. Uh-huh. Um the sad thing is, which I think it would be really beneficial, would be to have some kind of like side note, their personality, mm. what sets them off, those kind of things, because mm. every kid is different. Yeah. And sometimes um, there's like a little bitty small note, and then you're like expecting the worst out of the child, mm. and they're really not that bad. Right. So, right. so it's, it, I mean, yeah, I, I have an idea. I have their, I kind of, I kind of know their level. Like they'll tell me their reading level, or they'll tell me, um, where they struggle in comprehension or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of know that part, mm-hmm. but I don't really know their personality. Mm. Yeah. So you get the kind of what we call the objective view. Like yes. you get to see the the outside package of mm-hmm. like, if you could just have a five second commercial of who the person is, like you get mm-hmm. just that little rundown, like brown hair, blue eyes. Mm-hmm. They're about this tall. They'll be in that classroom and they read at a third grade reading level, mm-hmm. right? You get like that description. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I heard you say just now is like, yeah, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But what's more important is the gooey inside. That's what I want to know about. Mm-hmm. I want to know who they are. Right. I want to know what makes them tick. How do I connect with them? Well, in and, you know, some kids deal with their disability different than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's a big thing. And that's another thing I've learned through the years is, you know, you cannot – everybody's different. I mean, I don't know how to explain this. So it's like they have disabilities, but kind of like autism. They'll say like a kid's on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. But every kid with autism is different. Right. Yes. You know, some kids don't like – people touching them, uh-huh. some kids don't care, right? you know? Right. And so it's like, even though they have a, according to their IEP, have a certain disability, that doesn't really tell me a whole lot. Right. So, I mean, and I'm one that always was like, pat them on the shoulder or be like, sure. it's okay, it's okay. But then there's been times where I didn't realize that autistic kid didn't like it and he just like tensed up. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of those things that they, that part they don't really tell you about. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a huge thing. Like we had a sure. student like four years ago who, he would bang his Chromebook and scream mm-hmm. and stuff. And 
and had major anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of warned us about him. So Yeah. What I'm hearing a lot from you is they enjoy putting this label on this child mm-hmm. because how else are we going to get hundreds of thousands of millions of kids through this system? Mm-hmm. So let's label them. Mm-hmm. Sort them. Sort them mm-hmm. and say, now you know. When in reality, <laughs> thank you for the label, uh-huh. but the label tells me nothing about every single experience up to this point. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. I mean, exactly what, when you know, okay, well, they tell me that this is what they um, deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That literally tells me nothing. Well, and you know, doctors will diagnose. They'll be like, sure. that person has ADHD or that person has autism. Mm-hmm. And that's what will be on their IEP. But then I'll be with the kid and I'm like, I don't see the AD. I mean, I don't see the autism. So they're mm-hmm. a higher level autism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it never tells you the level autism. It just sure. says autism. So wow. you immediately are being like, okay, what am I going to expect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I going to expect a kid that is you know, stemming and he's moving as he's walking around the room as he's trying to learn? Mm-hmm. Or do we have one that's just super calm and you can't see it at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had an autism kid once who um, every time the teacher would get onto the class and yell, he would freak out. And he'd be like, quit, quit yelling at them. They're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It immediately set him off. And yeah. so I had to take him out of the hall and stuff. Mm-hmm. But nowadays I have kids with autism that are very high functioning and yeah. mm-hmm. you can barely even tell it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's the, that's my big key. I think they should have some kind of like notes that they, and some teachers will do that. Mm -hmm. Some teachers will literally like lay out and tell every little detail, just so you know, this, this kid sets them off, you know, but it doesn't happen all the time. Right. Right. I kind of wish it was required. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially for someone like me that's working with them and following them Uh, around. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those, it's so interesting to think about, you know, yet again, that, without being told by somebody who's experiencing it, mm-hmm. you sometimes just wouldn't even think of that, you yeah. know? And so the difference then comes to, okay, so somebody is experiencing this and saying, hey, why don't we do this? And then it's not being changed. And it's it's not being taken in and, and looked upon or, or, you know, added to the system, mm-hmm. which brings me to one of the questions that I would love to ask of you, Stephanie, which is um, how it feels to work in a system of education that is titled broken. And like, do you see that within the education system and how you work um, or where you work or kind of just your thoughts on that in general? Um, Well, I don't know. I mean, what do you exactly mean by broken? Like, are you talking about like how the kids and in, interact in the classroom, or are you referring just to hearing in the media headlines, newspapers? You know, about how of, the, the mental state of the kids is worse. I mean, just, that and just the education system as a whole. Yeah, the, just not, from like a standpoint of, um, you know, right now in Missouri legislature, there's bills um, headed to to active session to. Um, dissolve the current structure of attendance re- requirements and giving vouchers to families to allow them to send kiddos to whatever um, school. school district they mm-hmm. want to, regardless mm-hmm. of their attendance area, you know, and, and the rationale and some of making, making some of those decisions is the the place where we're not serving our kids well enough is some of the, the kind of language that goes out. And so what is it like to hear that? What does it feel like? Do you feel, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? What's that? What's that like? Um, I do feel like the obviously there's there is a more of a mental situation with kids nowadays. Mm-hmm. Of course, for me, on my soapbox, I think a lot of that's technology mm-hmm. with the phone in their hand. So I yeah. think that is causing a lot of their grief, which is leading to them and their mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, the attendance wise, I think can fall back a lot on the parent because we do mm-hmm. have a few parents who let their kids like practically never come to school. Yeah, and you're always so wondering, hard. you're wondering why are they not in trouble for that? You yeah. know, when your kid's there 20% of the time and Seriously, you're just like, this... how are they even going to get smarter mm-hmm. if they're not in school? And then they're not, and then they're not online learning either. And so, you know, it's kind of like, I do feel like there's more, there's definitely more stress with the teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that has to do with all of the statistics that the that the 
school districts have to have all the data. I mm. think we test way too much. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, that puts a little bit more stress on me too, because I, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And I, I noticed it myself because I'm literally testing kids sometimes three days a week. Mm. Yeah. Every, wow. Same kid every probably. Yeah. And so it's like, mm -hmm. every time you turn around, like, Oh, I need you to test this group. I need you to test this group. And wow. So yeah. So they're doing like weekly tests and then you do, um, we have the, the, um, evaluate and then you have the map and then you have all this and that uh -huh. where before we used to just, just have unit tests mm -hmm. and then used to have the standardized test and right. that was it. And I don't, at that time, you know, students were, weren't as stressed and even students say that seriously, another test, you know? Mm -hmm. So every time right. you're turning around, it's like data, 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 they have to have the data. And I don't, I'm, I mean, and I'm not a higher up, so I don't really know what all of the data is necessarily for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you may know more than I will because you're an actual oh. teacher. So, you know, but I'm just kind of like, okay, why do we need all of this data, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the kids are so, I mean, but we do like testing all the time. And then the students, so then by the time you get to the map test, I feel like the students don't really take it as serious as they uh -huh. used to because they're like, oh, it's just another big test we have to take. We've been doing this every week. Right. Yeah. Every yeah, class, yeah. every week. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's the end of the year. So like, I don't yeah, care. It's sunny yeah. outside. We're ready to leave. <laughs> yeah. Like another test. Yeah. I'll show you what I think about this test. <laughs> <laughs> and then we give incentives, you know, we're like, do well, or mm -hmm. you can get your name and drawing for a gift card. But most of them are like, whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, we used to actually have parties for map testing, mm -hmm. but there's the class sizes are so big now that they don't even, that can't even do it now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Assessment is a strategy for sure. Mm. And it's a strategy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. it can be effective in some contexts. Absolutely. Um, but it's, yeah, I think we need a whole episode on assessment. Oh my gosh. I think we need a whole separate podcast on assessment <laughs> yeah. and it can just be me sharing my thoughts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if the whole testing thing is a sore subject with the school, but I know for paras, that's definitely a stress because then we have to constantly yeah, leave our classrooms. <sighs> They're pulling paras from classrooms mm. to cover other classrooms to do testing because yes. sometimes um, there's, well, like on Monday, I think it was, we had like, or no, it was Wednesday. We had like a unit test in our social studies class. And apparently all these other classes in seventh grade and everything decided to have one too. So we couldn't find any place to take our kids to read them. Because every time we go someplace in the library, there was like mm -hmm. like seven groups of people giving tests. And wow. then I go to uh -huh. um, another classroom and they're like, oh, no, we have a So it's like, you know, you want us to do all these tests and you're pulling us out of classes, but then you're not creating a place for us to go to or you're over everything's overlapping. And, yeah. right. and there's been times where I've actually had to test two classes at the same time, like I've had wow. to test a class and then let them leave and then test another class mm -hmm. all in the same hour. Wow. So because it's just constant testing. But yeah. at this point, they said that things aren't going to change. So we just kind of have to deal with it. So we, as a para, we just deal with it. We have to let it, try mm -hmm. to let it go. And Such what? an interesting space to be in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm wondering just like, you know, you're like, okay, so we'll deal with it. And, and I recognize that within things that I do, like, this is what's going to happen. So I'll deal with it. But, um, I don't know. I just, there's so many feelings that rise up in me with the thought mm -hmm. of responding and, and just knowing like, yeah, everybody knows and we'll just deal with it. <laughs> oh, I have a job. I love the district I work in, which mm -hmm. is, I mean, I do, I'm not being sarcastic. So it's like, I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Things get better. So mm -hmm. it makes you wonder a lot about, and the more that I, I read and, and talk with people all over just the whole of the system, like we're not talking about a, a small city in Missouri. We're not talking about Missouri. We're not talking about the United States. We're talking about like, we need to look at what mm -hmm. is going on. And instead of saying sometimes, you know, well, we think this is important right now. Uh -huh. Well, every four years we think something else is important. So yes, where is the, is there is there an answer or are we constantly looking for it but diving so hard into what we thought the answer was right then that we're clearly like hurting ourselves or harming ourselves in the future in the next three years? Mm -hmm. And is there going to be something on the other side of assessment? Hmm. I imagine so. I imagine so. I would advocate for something. Oh, me too. Yeah. 
Oh, human connection. Yeah. Human connection would human be something connection. that I could advocate for 100%. Yes. And I feel like it's something that has been such a through line in the conversation we've had so far. And just the the way you sound like a leader amongst the paraprofessionals in the, in the community that you're working in. And you sound like a huge asset to Nixa Public Schools, mm -hmm. just from the way Thank that you. I've experienced you. Absolutely. Um, and and I am just, I'm really grateful for the service that you're providing the people that you interact with. Because the way that I feel in this conversation is one that you just have a really genuine interest in helping whomever's right in front of you, mm -hmm. which is uh, the, yeah, it's really great. Well, thanks. And I, I am kind of interested in knowing a little bit more of the, the story because we're talking about today in, you know, this, in your role as paraprofessional. And then we're also referencing the beginning of that career. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering like, what is the transition been from the, I think I'll try this job to I'm in it today. Mm -hmm. What is that transition been? And so is that like a, is it a career? Is it a passion? Is it uh, supportive to you, to your family? What What's kind of like, and I'm certain it's probably more than just one answer. Mm -hmm. Um. I, okay. So I, I mean, obviously I'm not paid like a teacher, so mm -hmm. I'm not paid like great but um i'm like i'm happy with my job because mm -hmm. i do get to create those relationships and yet i don't have to deal with the parents mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. some parents can be really hard to deal with mm -hmm. and so um i have that pressure off of me um i don't have to deal with all the meetings and so mm -hmm. that's another mm -hmm. thing that i don't have to deal with so i kind of feel like i got a good in the middle you know i get i get um uh -huh. the breaks to be able to spend family time Mm -hmm. But I don't have to deal with the pressure of the parents. Sure. And, um, but yet I get all the joys of what I do. Mm. Yeah. And every day is different. Uh -huh. Where if you go to an office job, you sit in a chair, you sit in a cubicle. <laughs> sure. Same t task. I mean, I've, and I've done that before because I, uh, before I was a door mom, I actually worked as a, a college representative. And so I actually worked in a cubicle and all that. But anyway. Yeah. So, um, clock in, clock out, yeah, right. 15 minute breaks. Yeah. Don't, yeah. And on so, the hour. All you know, we've things, all had yeah. those jobs where you yeah. just, it's get boring and repetitive, but going to a school every day is different, you know? And mm -hmm. so and yes. every day there's some kind of funny story or some like shocking <laughs> yes. story that takes place. Like our last year was shocking. And so, um, you know, you're always on your toes. And so that mm -hmm. kind of helps. Yeah. And so, and I've had a lot of people tell me that too. And they started as a pair they're like, this is actually, you're, my day's flying by. This is actually fun. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so I've kind of, I think from that standpoint, I'm like, why would I want something different? I mean, obviously I don't get paid like my husband who's a teacher, mm -hmm. but, um, it's been beneficial. So I don't Good. see myself like leaving my job mm -hmm. where before it was just, I needed a job. Right. Sure. Yeah. But through the years of learning and experiencing and know what works and what doesn't work, yeah, I've kind of like made it work for myself and made it en enjoyment and then when you and you can joke around with people and, and, yeah and, which you know there's a lot of people that are pretty silly in our school <laughs> well when you teach junior high <laughs> students you become the junior high students. Yes. sometimes you have to be a little immature but <laughs> the yes. yeah i'm pretty good at that yeah <laughs> so that's anyway that's a good age group to work in yes. for sure so you yeah and that's something also i figured out you have to mm -hmm. kind of make yourself a little immature but then again, you have to like at some point stand up so they know, wait, she's an adult. So I should probably, <laughs> mm -hmm. because I joke around with them too. But mm -hmm. then there's times where they get out of control and I just raise my voice and they immediately mm -hmm. will stop. And I'm like, I have my limits. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, shoot, she's angry. And then and then they're like, I'm sorry, Miss Graham, I didn't mm -hmm. mean to make you angry. And I was like, I have my limits. And then they they always know when I'm starting to get angry. They're like, oh, Miss Graham, are you getting angry now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, you know. Junior high, which is funny because I didn't really want to work with junior high kids because I thought they were so immature. When they moved me from high school to junior high, I was sure. like, they're so immature. But it's, now it's yes. like they're fun to be immature with sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. The difference between a ninth grader and a sixth grader is very drastic. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's for sure. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, I don't see myself changing in my position sure. unless it's some life altering. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Something situation. unforeseen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it sounds like you really have found ways to highlight the great things about the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Instead of just really looking at it as a job, right. Yeah. Really yeah. lean into those. And what, like, I just love the beauty of that. I really do because there's, there's good and bad with everything. Mm. Oh yeah. With everything, sure. you know, there's things that are hard and things that are, are fun. 
Um, but being able to lean into the relationships that you're developing with those students and the opportunity too to, and is seven, eight, six, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight. Um, yeah, I mean, you have the opportunity to have relationships with students for their entire time at Nixa Junior mm-hmm. High mm-hmm. and, um, and then facilitate relationship with, with, with staff too. I'm one thing that I am curious about too, is wondering about your, your bachelor's degree and you had referenced graphic mm-hmm. design and that it had been a number of years. And I'm curious if there's part of that story you'd be open to sharing with us. Well, um, not that I want to get the school in trouble, but, um, so I went to with graphic arts. Um, I like art. I'm not like fabulous at it, but I also liked messing with computers and doing the graphics on yeah, there. Yeah. So I had my, I got, um, I graduated with it and all, and I was actually on my way to getting, I was going to back it up with an education. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I was about a year away from graduating with art education. Yeah. And then I got married and then I didn't realize that since I already had all my credits to, for mm-hmm. graphic design, they tell you, you automatically are like, no, you have enough. You have to go and graduate. Really? Oh. So oh, wow. I, so yeah, so I had graduate. And then once I graduated and then my husband, even though he was a teacher, they said he made too much money. And then I got no federal aid whatsoever. Mm. So everything would have had to be like out of pocket. And so I was like, ooh, you know, we're barely making ends meet as it is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll just stick with the graphic design. But then when I went out to try to find jobs, I Mm -hmm. realized that the school I was working at, their software was out of date. So all the software that they were using at that point, our school Mm -hmm. hadn't started teaching it yet. So wherever I went, they would have to so reteach you were me. Already behind the ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no. So I was very frustrated about the whole thing. And so they were like, so I was like, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of why I didn't end up going furthering into that at all. Yeah, and it's it sounds like you were kind of met with two barriers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or more than two, multiple barriers from the standpoint of you were pursuing the possibility of like credential for an art teacher. Is that mm-hmm. what I'm hearing? Yeah. And kind of told, no, you can't, or you can, but it's going to cost you right, this exactly. amount of money out of pocket. Right. And then spending all of this time focusing on this training mm-hmm. just to be met with, oh, we don't use that anymore. Right. right. They're like, what? Corel Draw? We haven't used that mm. in five years. What are you talking about? And we're like, oh, geez. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So um, it was eye-opening for me on that one. Yeah. But I Lord- wonder what that experience for you in education on your own created mm-hmm. for you long-term and how you feel about education, like being within the education system yeah. now. Have you ever compared those two? No, not really. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, it was a small, it was a small Christian school. So I was assuming that they were just, you know, unaware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like really picky about, from, from my own experience, I know that that can happen, but it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. And I actually, unfortunately, caused enough stink about it that they, um, the college actually did start in implementing all these new aspects. And mm-hmm. you helped somebody in the future. <laughs> yeah, they didn't help me, but they helped yeah. <laughs> someone else. And well, that that school actually is the one that gave me the job as the as the dorm director. So mm-hmm. in the end it did end up, I don't know if that was their way of trying to help me out, but they ended up giving me that job, which, you know, uh-huh. gave me a lot of experience. I was able to stay home. Yeah. I was able to have a salary mm-hmm. and stay home with my kids yeah. for five years. So I, I was like, I can't be too upset about them, mm-hmm. you know? And then in the end I was like, did I really even want to do that? You know? Right. So, so I think I'm, uh-huh. I think I'm where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Everything has a, has a reason and a purpose. And I think I am where I need to be. So, I don't hold grudges or anything like that anymore. It's just an interesting story when, yeah, when people are like, "You're graphic arts," and I was like, "Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Here's the story. It's a long one, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think it's I think it's worth hearing, and I think it's an important one mm-hmm. for sure because it shapes, uh, and you know, our our experiences just kind of scaffold on top of one another, mm-hmm. and so we don't experience today without the the experience of yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, it's just and impair like it's just the way that we see the world and so knowing that about you helps influence the way that i understand you now and so i appreciate you sharing it with me no problem i've shared it with a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) because they're always curious about my story about how did you do this and i'm like no actually i'm a sudden such a degree and they're like what why are you doing this yeah 
you know, uh-huh. even from the kids. The kids are like, you know, I'll like, I'll help you with art. You know anything about art? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. and then they're like, why are you here? <laughs> why are you not our art teacher? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, yes. and then I have to like tell the story. So, yeah, yeah which we actually have another pair. Um, has Jackson been here? Mm-mm. No. And he's very similar in the same way. I mean, he didn't like go to school and for nothing, but he's uh-huh. the same way, you know, wants to do art education and yeah. was short from do, doing art. There's yeah. also a pair in our building. And I think that's just, I mean, it just speaks to the experience that the students as well as the teachers, me included, have in the classroom. Because when I learned that about Stephanie, I was like, oh, sick. And you're in my classroom with me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I love it. And, you know, I always, it's more fun for the kids if you do parts of the project or do the project Definitely. with them. And yeah. so, like, when we were watercoloring, you know, Stephanie's creating a watercolor and <laughs> we have a student who's... For the whole class period, basically sat there and watched. She does that to you too. Though. Yeah, but it was honestly, it was beautiful that it wasn't happening to me this time. But also, it was, it was, it gave me a separate admiration for that kid because in the past, uh-huh. it's been a time of like, okay, I need you to also work on yours, or you can work with me. We're not yeah. just going to, you know, like we have some tasks to complete uh-huh. here. Um, but to see it in the light of her watching Stephanie, I was like, Mm -hmm. this kid is genuinely interested in learning and they are not just, it's not just like from this one human, it's from any human that's going to be teaching them something, Yes, you Mm -hmm. know, and they want to be seen and noticed and they want to have a connection and a relationship. And they're also just genuinely interested in art and creating. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool. It gave me a whole separate way to look at that student and the way that I interact with her as well as just how she feels about education and relationships mm-hmm. um, to be able to see the way that Stephanie and her interacted, which yeah. is, you know, just another way that you open up the classroom to more relationships in a safer space for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That story feels uh, really supportive to me mm-hmm. in the way that she described you doing that for and with that student. Um doing anything creative was very anxiety provoking for me, Mm. but I loved watching somebody do something creative. Uh, Because if I started with a pencil drawing, then it would not look like it looked in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I would erase it and I'd try again and I'd erase it and I'd try again. And I'd say, why am I trying this so many times? Mm -hmm. And then I'd watch somebody do it and be like, how are you doing Yeah, You make it look so easy. I I mean, I still do that because I mean, I'm far from, Great. But I mean, I've watched people draw and I'm just like, oh, I could do that, you know? And then you're like, try to do it yourself and you're like, okay, I didn't do it quite as easy as they did or it doesn't look quite the same, Mm -hmm. you know? But some people do make it look way too, like cartoonist. I'm like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see where you're coming for that. Lots of practice. I was going to say, it's a crazy thing. What practice does? (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. We say that in the class all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do another one. Keep practicing. All the time. Yep. Okay. Try again. See what changes. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Anyway, well, I, you know, I too, I feel like there's so much that I don't know. Yeah, I say this too many times. I know every single time. There's so many things that I feel like I don't know about you, and it's almost like uh, leaving one of these interviews feels like um, I have more questions than I had when we started. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really, I think one thing that I, I am interested about is just wondering about where you grew up. That to me, because Olivia and I both mm-hmm. moved around a lot. And mm-hmm. so that the that question is incredibly loaded for me mm-hmm. because I know about how di- like different regions influence people in very different ways. And so I'm just always curious. And I lived in St. Louis for a while. And anybody in St. Louis is always, where'd you go to high school? Mm-hmm. So there's always that question. I'm mm-hmm. just curious. Well, um, so Olivia, I've talked about this a little bit. So like I um, grew up actually around here a little bit. And then okay. we moved up... Um, near Lake of the Ozarks, and then we moved to St. Clair, which is like just south of St. Louis, yeah. a little bit pa- or further of Eureka. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I think I moved like three or four times. My dad was a pastor, and so okay. um, we moved because he would get a new position, and then we'd move. And then uh-huh. so as like a military family, you're drug along. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was kind of – so I drew – I actually grew up in a very strict home. And so okay. – um, and very sheltered, I guess, is the best way to mm-hmm. say it. 
And so um, it wasn't until I got into college that I really started being more familiar with um, that you can't judge a book by its cover. And oh, okay. so, which I think also helps in the school systems because some kids like struggle with their identity yeah, and they're the sweetest in the world. And mm -hmm. then there's some that um, are punks and then they're, they look nice, but they're nice kids, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you just, you never know what you're going to get. And yeah. so um, that was that was kind of my eye-opening experience being in college. I mean, even being a Christian college, you know, there was yeah, absolutely there was skater kids with like piercings all in their face, you know, but yet they're walking around with the Bible and they will just sit there and preach to anybody. And I'm just like, what? You know, because yeah. I'm thinking you had to look a certain way. That was just kind of how I was raised. Yeah. So, but I've actually changed my parents' perspective too because my parents were against tattoos and then I ended up marrying my husband who has tattoos. And uh -huh. so it was kind of like, oh, but now they love him. And so it was kind of like mm -hmm. those, those things, you know, it's like mm -hmm. they, but they're very old school. And so yeah. it's all those old school people, they have those different ideas. And so then obviously the older you get, you are just kind of like, oh wait, you know? Hmm. So, and, and then, um, my sister, her husband was married at one point before mm -hmm. and, and they always thought divorce was bad. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and then they, you know, got kind of eye opened with that and started, yeah. you know, so, and there's just like all these different things, but my parents were very, very, um, strict and just had a certain in the box idea of the way things should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but it was like, I don't know how to explain it. But it's, yeah. that's just kind of how I was. I didn't live in a city where I had all those different like environments around me sure. to change things up. And I even that's something I still kind of struggle with a little bit in the school mm -hmm. because I have a certain like things that I think are okay, but then I have to realize, okay, well, it's about the person. It's not so much about what they believe mm -hmm. because sometimes it's just it's how like me. That's how they were raised. Yeah. And so I have to try to be as nice as I can to them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I with think, their ideas. I think there's so much beauty in what you just said mm -hmm. um, of just recognizing this place of maybe the, where we come from influences mm -hmm. the way that we are and see the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe that can be okay. Yeah. And right. the whole idea of yeah. saying it's the person yes. that I want to see. Right. And that's something also that's changed quite a bit is, you know, home life. You hear that all the time about mm -hmm. kids are the way they are because of their home life. Yeah. And if they're acting out or they're a certain way in class, yeah. it's it could be because things are going on at home. Absolutely. Right. You know, they're not getting breakfast or they're not getting enough meals yeah. or yeah. whatever. And and so um, that's eye-opening. You just never know what a kid's going through. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, for me, I kind of hear about certain kids and what they're going through, which also makes you be like, oh, really? I've never thought that. You know? Right. Yeah. So it kind of all comes first, you know, full circle and you're realizing that okay the world's just not me you know what yeah. i think mm. so that feels so evident um mm -hmm. and just exactly how you've presented in this interview today and i i feel so, so much gratitude for what you've shared well working in the springfield schools i mean you probably had that even more with just you know families and the issues that they go to and then the like the, you said the mm -hmm. pre-introduced launches and stuff like yeah. that you know yeah it's rampant and when you're around so many people every day because my story was very very i experienced my story in a similar way to the way you experienced you described yours just now mm -hmm. in that i when i started in public schools i had some pretty rigid beliefs about the way people should be and the way that people should act and so on and and then some of those things just didn't quite hold true. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. some of the beliefs that I had about people just weren't really, it just didn't sit well with me any longer because once I got to know the person, mm -hmm. now the belief didn't hold true anymore about that type of person or something like that. Exactly. And um, yeah, it is about the person and so much of what we do and say oh. and the way that we see the world is influenced by those primary attachments those initial relationships with our parents mm -hmm. and the, and then same for them and same for their parents and it just continues and it gets handed down and when we can really sit and look at that mm -hmm. rather than saying well ryan is this yeah that's it <clears throat> but when we can say because here's every single one of his experiences mm -hmm. and oh 
here's every single one of his parents' experiences. Yeah. And oh, and it's like, oh. So not only can a person be the way they are because of how they live and their influences and, and everything, every influence upon them, but also they can change. Yes. And we can have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing to me about that is the ability to accept that mm -hmm. in the absence of any of that context. Oh, yeah. What would it be like for us to look at the student or the teacher or the administrator or the paraprofessional or the bus driver with the un understanding mm -hmm. that all of that is true and I can accept that all of that is true without mm. knowing any of the details of that. Yeah. And I can know that their actions towards me, responses to me mm -hmm. or in the world and in the place that they are could be having nothing to do with me or even today. 100%. And I can honor that without having any knowledge of their background. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful place I will continue to work towards. But... <laughs> 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 Some kids you try to have patience with, but you're yeah. just like, okay, they're struggling, they're struggling, they're struggling. You know, it's kind of like have, you have to like count down limits. to 10 in your head too, yes. even though you're like, I want to yell at them anyway, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but you know, yeah, cause I am, we raise our kids very strict like too. I mean, mm. how I raise my kids and what they're, they are and allowed to yeah. do and how they're allowed to talk to people and everything like that is very much how I was raised. Mm -hmm. So then when I go in the school system and I see kids who are not acting, yeah. they would get in trouble at my house. And Absolutely. I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, and I have to like really control myself. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's been times where I've literally, not not so much all the time, but there has been times where I literally was like, make an excuse, like I'm going to the bathroom because I have mm -hmm. to step out and take a breather because it's just yeah. so frustrating to me, which is mm -hmm. another reason why I'm kind of glad I'm not the teacher because mm -hmm. the teacher has to take control of the class all the time mm -hmm. where I just jump in every once in a while. You feel like you have a little a little bit of freedom and flexibility a little bit. Right. Sometimes I just like, away. sometimes I just want to step away and take a breather where, you know, sometimes I'm like, I, I mean, sometimes I'll even intervene. Like if I feel like they're over, over, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like they're taking advantage of the teacher. Like they're talking too much. Mm -hmm. Even I get frustrated by that, you know, and I'll mm -hmm. say something. But, but yeah, sometimes I just have to myself have to have patience mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. with kids because that's not how, I mean, my kids aren't that way. So I'm, sure. you know, not going to turn bad. But, you know, I was just sure. kind of like, that's kind of how I have to understand because some parents don't discipline their kids the way I do. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you and your family have found lots of success in the structures that you have. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, so it's not all perfect by any no, means. No, I still have to no. like bite my tongue, you know, but. But yeah. the priority of the person, right? And I think that's such a, a beautiful uh, paradox that you just highlighted. Mm -hmm. And that's the, I can show up and honor the person without having to necessarily consent to 100% of their behaviors. Mm -hmm. right, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can show up and when they can, we can validate their experience and we can show them positive regard and we can have a love and care for them. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't consent to every decision that somebody makes. Yes. And, um, the power which, is, there. which is important because I mean, I'll get onto a student and I feel like I'm getting onto them in a way when they do something wrong in class, like I would my kid. But then again, I still want them to feel like I'm, I'm there for them. Absolutely. So like the next time I see them, I don't sit there and hold my grudge. Right. I mean, he's like, hey, how's it going? You know? And so then they're like, oh, okay. You know, we can move on. Mm -hmm. Just like I do with my own kids. They get yeah. punished, but they still know I care for them because I'm not like yeah. angry forever. I'm just, you know, it's over with. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important too, that the kids understand that, mm -hmm. you know, I care about them and their behavior, yeah. but I do care about them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... I think that's, you know, through this whole interview, it's, it's the underlying aspect is that care to build yes. relationship and love. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, what creates you as a human, like not, not Stephanie, right. a paraprofessional, yes. but Stephanie, a human mm -hmm. who is there for the students, the teachers and every other human in mm -hmm. that space saying, we might have differences and you know what? Sometimes I get frustrated with this or that. <laughs> yes. And some days I can have bad days too, but I can also have great days and I love you and I want to 
do my best and I want to do my best for you mm -hmm. and for me and for my family. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you Thanks. so much for sharing with us today. <laughs> yes. No problem. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. This was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm glad, so you're glad that you're here yes. in the hot seat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more relaxed than you yes. thought, right? Yeah. yeah. It's still weird hearing your voice though. I'm like, <laughs> do I really sound like this? Yeah. We'll sing some later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Stephanie. No problem. Yeah. Well, and if you, the listener, want to reach out and mm -hmm. say hi, or I'd be happy to pass a note on to Stephanie too, reach out at contact at burnouteducator.com. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're looking to support uh, what we do and providing free therapy for students, then you can find us at patreon.com slash burntoutucator. Yep. Until next time, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, guys. Pleasure to meet you, Stephanie Graham. The Burnout Educator is pleased to partner with Beyond Healing Center in providing therapy services to children and their families who couldn't otherwise afford it. But we need your help to do that. For as little as $10 a month, you could help a child or family in need find the help that they deserve. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burntoutucator and select the contribution that's right for you. Anything helps and all is appreciated. Thank you, and we look forward to partnering with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you got to see a piece of yourself in the story you heard today. If you want to stay connected with the Burnout Educator podcast, please subscribe. The Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Our filmographer is Tyler Wassum. Our creative team is Jen Savage, Kayla Boston, and Jamie Eggert. Production and original music by our executive creative director, Bridger Falkenstein. Original artwork by our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. A special thanks to today's interviewee and the entire Beyond Healing team. Until next time, this is Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator.